I'm Positive Sean, and I approve of this message. Joe Getty wants your vote, but does he deserve it? It's about I'm the rootinist. <laughs> the rootinist. Candidate in Alabama. Just listen to his thoughts on our friendly neighbors to the north. Now, I've called for war over Canadian belligerents. How can a grown man who relaxes like this be trusted? Nothing relaxes me better than a smoke in a breastfeed. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the class? Because I'd rather be a male prostitute. Oh, is that all, Joe? Like Poplowski, I'm strapped nasty. I don't even know what that means. Sure, he talks a good game, but how does he act? I don't think my bladder is manualiness. <laughs> Would you trust a man who does this with your best interests? Whap! 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 Whoom! Whoom! Vote positive. What is this on my schnitzel? Paid for by the Positive Sean Super Pack. idea who it was who sent the bomb wannabes uh, a couple more today to joe biden's place two to joe biden's place this weird list of people yeah old uncle joe really uh you're it sounds like you're assuming they are not real bombs and i think you're probably right well i've got some info on that actually from okay. somebody who knows as much about this sort of thing as uh, as anybody can uh, and I'll have that coming up. Also, uh, what suspicious package means. The way the press uses it is not the way law enforcement uses it, and that leads to confusion. Right. So all that's coming up. But they don't know who it is, and nothing has exploded. So stay tuned. All right. A real whodunit. You know, we were playing Hangman last night at my house, uh, the, uh, the the game with the letters and stuff like my that. My God, I can't believe you would condone violence like that. Well, that's 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 why I brought it up. Apparently in school, they don't play Hangman. They play something else. It's kind of similar, but not nearly as exciting. Let's build a puppy. <laughs> but so he decided that Hangman's too violent? Yes. And are you afraid that children will run around hanging people? Yes. Or, or want to, certainly. Did playing Hangman when you were a kid have any effect on you whatsoever? In I think at your... one point it dawned on me, that's kind of odd. But then I went back to trying to guess what letter was, you know, might be in the word. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I think of that. I think we are a soft, soft people. That's what I think. So, diocese after diocese of the Catholic Church fessing up to the fact that dozens or hundreds of their priests have been molesting people for many decades, children, teenagers or illicit lovers there's another category we found out of um people who are considered unable to take care of themselves how do we know this hasn't been going on for a thousand years all over the world i I would i would suggest it has been i think it has been um and we'll be talking to one of the uh, lead attorneys in a lawsuit against the vatican filed by victims in the bay area california during the award-winning fourth hour of the show I hope somebody brings up celibacy in this letter, because I thought that was interesting. That came up yesterday, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we have received many, many reactions from you all. Uh, you can email us anytime, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, I went to Catholic school, writes Chris. I believe there are people who know they have illegal sexual tendencies at an early age. 
They begin to wonder how they can be productive members of society and are attracted to the Catholic priesthood because they believe they will be able to avoid their sinful nature and contribute positively to the world if they become celibate priests. I imagine some succeed, but many do not. This is how we end up with such a mess in the Catholic Church. I'm certainly not saying every priest is sexual deviant. Um, but sexual deviants believe they can atone by becoming priests. Um, so is that the, so? Is this person assuming you're you realize your sexual urges are not legal slash ethical slash acceptable right. in in culture? Right. And you think I just gotta not have sex? And you're a good person, so you think I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. Right. You go to an institution where celibacy is a thing, but you can't pull it off. Yeah, that, that certainly could be some of them. And then you wonder certainly, if yeah. there are people that think I absolutely I don't give a crap about the law or culture or, or kids or anything else. I want to have the kind of sex that I get off on. And this seems like a good place to do it. I wonder if there's that also. Right. Uh, anonymous. Well, Anonymous Tom. Well, okay. Anonymous Tom writes, the act of, <laughs> I'm the, not sure he gets it. <laughs> the act of says may not name might be Bill. I don't know. The act of sex outside the bond of marriage is a mortal sin. Therefore, allowing priests to have partners of any kind without marriage is forbidden. I attended a seminary in the late seventies, late sixties, early seventies. I decided it wasn't for me. I was underwhelmed with many of the priests. A few were outstanding Christians and men. This is all breaking my heart. I've known some amazing priests. I mean, just incredible human beings. Brilliant compassionate, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But there's obviously a hell of a lot of them that are also pervos. Right, right. Um, Richard in San Diego writes, I was asking about um, Kamala Harris when she was the the uh, district attorney for San Francisco County, had a bunch of investigatory records of uh, Catholic priest molestation, sex crimes, etc., and wouldn't release them, wouldn't allow them to be published even though she could. Uh, I don't know why that is. Uh, there's one journalist who's been in touch with us who is really uh, amazed and horrified by that and keeps uh, sending us stuff on that topic, and that's fine. And I was wondering why that might be. Richard writes, the Catholic Church gives a lot of, quote, support to Democrats in the San Francisco area. Kamala Harris's political philosophy seems to be party first, people last. Well, that, that may or may not be true. I don't know if that's true. I could see the Catholic Church was as desperate for parishioners and gets a lot of them from Mexico, perhaps being supportive of the immigration uh, policies, the open borders policies of Kamala Harris. Right. That's, I can that, absolutely see that. That is a weird coming together because um, you got the whole Catholic Church, which a lot of people on the left really hate their policies about women not getting to be in charge and gays. But the Catholic Church gets the whole open borders thing going. Right. Nick writes, I want to suggest you watch the PBS Frontline documentary, Secrets of the Vatican. They put out uh, in 2014. Uh, Really well produced, basically two parts. First half of the episode follows three or four specific accusations against priests. And the second half follows a reporter in Rome and Italy who attempted to expose sexual misconduct and promiscuity of priests at the highest level of the Vatican. Long and short of it, a larger proportion of priests in Rome are basically gay and in the closet, yet aren't too afraid to appear in public at gay nightclubs and bars. Super interesting watch, and in my opinion, contained enough substance to have started our current conversation about the Catholic Church years ago. Well, part of that big report that came out in Pennsylvania included the phrase gay cabal right yeah in uh, in rome mm-hmm. there's there's that aspect of it too right that's just nobody's ever nailed down and if you are gay and sexually active you're not going to blow the whistle 
on a guy who's gay and sexually active with a 17-year-old. And you're probably not going to blow the whistle on a guy who's sexually molesting 8-year-olds either because they will come right back at you, out you, and then you're out of your gig. So there's this conspiracy of silence, you know, between guys of various degrees of sexual perversity or, or however you want to describe it. Then this one uh, that I thought was good. Am I allowed to use the name? doesn't matter. It's from a woman. A uh, uh, quick comment was made by one of us regarding the argument that can be made. Society did not understand the importance of child sexual abuse in the 70s, etc. as a reason for the cover-up, well, as part of it, regarding pedophile priests. I've told the story. The, the postman in my neighborhood, he came you know, house to house back in those days, um, all the parents told each other he likes to uh, touch little girls. He really is a he's hot for children, so keep your kids away from Marvin the mailman. And but it wasn't like, oh my God, we've got to investigate, we've got to have him arrested, et cetera. It's just a different era. Yeah, anyway, that is that is something. Anyway, our correspondent writes, I think it's also important to remember the attitude of the general public regarding sex crimes when reviewing the accusations and the timeline. I think you'd be wrong to leave out what so-called experts claimed about sexual crimes in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and up into the 70s. We were told repeatedly by experts that this type of deviance could be cured. With the proper counseling, with the right drugs, with group therapy, blah, 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 we, the general public, were told that men, and occasionally women who derive sexual pleasure from seducing and then raping children, could be cured. Couple that with a society that looked with suspicion on anyone who made a claim, a legal system that's by its nature is adversarial, and requires a person to be considered innocent until proven guilty. Throw in respect for the Catholic Church. Right. Along with a religious system that requires us to forgive the wrongs done to us, and bam, you have a veritable Petri dish for exploitation. I would also point out that that was an era when kids were were taught to not refer to their private parts, and everybody was embarrassed to talk about sex or or. You know, penises or vaginas or whatever. And so kids were just horrified to even mention their privates. Um, Then uh, our correspondent mentions um, having wonderful experiences with priests and nuns through the years. Um, Yeah, this really, really sucks if you're you're just a regular decent priest. Of course, it also really, really sucks if you're a kid who was molested at church. However, I can, uh, she says, I cannot imagine. Or raped. I shouldn't say molest, because that's Hmm. unfair. A lot of them are just flat out raped. Yep. However, I cannot imagine being the parent of a six-year-old in, say, 1966, who was given the choice of pursuing a legal case against a priest, which would then mean a child would be in court, cross-examined by an attorney, trying to prove the child had lied or given a bunch of money, etc. Oh, imagine. Um, And and the rules for cross-examining children, how to handle children, were different then, too, and they were terrible. Oh, well, it's it's still no treat, as I went through that myself. Where you, if you want to, if you want to bring certain charges, your kid's going to have to tell the story. Do you want to do that? And then one final note: there was one brave priest in the 1950s who tried very hard to get the hierarchy to recognize that these men were dangerous and incurable. He even purchased an island with his own money and tried to raise more to build a monastery where these troubled men could be sent to live out their lives away from the rest of society. Wow! He was laughed at. After all, the experts said he was wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're sexually attracted to children, there's no fix in that. There's no way there's any fix in that. I, I don't know if there is. I haven't seen a lot of uh, uh, suggestion that there is. Well, I'm certainly not willing to take any chances that you've been fixed. No. The stories, in, including some of the lawsuits we'll be talking to the lawyer about, 
um, are guys who are caught and busted and punished over and over and over again and just kept going back to it. Oh. Um, the whole celibacy thing, not getting into dog church dogma or theology or whatever, but um, I wonder how much of that that is. How if 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 you're not attracted to children and go without sex for a long, long time, would you go there? I don't think you would. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I would. I mean, I really, really, really don't think I would. I don't think it would cross my mind. But yeah, we're probably I'm, talking about a fraction of the offenders here. But if I'm celibate, I would really, really want to have sex with a grown woman. Yes, really, and, and really want do. to. Uh, and they often do, which brings them into the web of silence, because you get busted for it, you get in trouble for it. Uh, but if I'm celibate and and there's some impressionable like late teens person, and I let my desires uh, over overcome my uh, morality, I could see that happening a fair amount. And we got a text yesterday from somebody who said, "Imagine going without sex for blank length of time. What that would do to you?" I. How much is that? Does that play a role in this whole thing? I have no idea. It's part of the stew. It's almost a a weird experiment that nobody would allow to happen because it'd be torturous to force anybody to do it. I think it's silly and it's dumb, but it's your religion, not mine. You can do whatever you want. It's amazing how many people are willing to sign up for that because you are you are ignoring one of the strongest urges that animals have. Right. Or you're, you're being forced to ignore that. And in theory, you're not even allowed to pleasure yourself, right? Because you could make the claim, well, okay, I'll, I'll get by. I'll take care of that urge that all beings, beasts have on my own. But you're not supposed to do that either. Now, right. that is really crazy. That is that is asking somebody to go insane Our friend if Ian, you're not allowed to do it at all. Our friend Ian points out, and he's pointed this out before, and it's worth repeating, that celibacy began, and I can't verify this, I am not a church historian, celibacy began when the Catholic Church didn't want popes or priests to leave their inheritance to their kids. You couldn't have kids if you're celibate. The Catholic Church wanted priests to leave everything to the church. The The Catholic Church has been, for a large extent of its uh, history, an acquirer of wealth and power. But I would argue primarily that at times in its history. Well, what's the what's the theory behind you're not allowed to uh, take care of your own needs, which could solve a lot of these problems? No idea. I mean, I who's know. who's obeying that? You're supposed to be above it all. How many priests do you think never have sex with another person and don't even take care of their own needs? Of all the questions you could have cooked up this morning to put before the people, that's the one you're going with? It, well, I, can't, I don't want to even think about it. It can't be very many. I just, I'm not even sure you could do that. I'm going to remain silent hoping this discussion ends. I find it untoward at best. Well, I think it plays a role in this whole thing. Your, uh, our text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. Would that be a good band name, the Masturbating Priests? No. No. You're listening to... No bookings. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. Show. 
CNN evacuated everybody from their offices. I assume Wolf Blitzer did his show from the Situation Bodega. <laughs> and, okay, I'm being told that Wolf Blitzer actually does his show from Washington, and, and that I knew that, but I want to do the joke anyway. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Well, I find that interesting, and then I was a little worried about our lighthearted tone. I'm always worried about our lighthearted tone on all subjects. But uh, Gobert willing to go very lighthearted on the, hey, somebody sent a bomb to CNN. <laughs> um, yeah, that is a little surprising. I don't have yeah. any problem with it. but yeah. I don't either. I don't, actually don't either. Got a bunch of texts on the whole Catholic Church thing. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll go through those and pick out the best ones. You know, celibacy and all the different stuff. But this has got to end. Do we all agree on that? This has got to stop. Oh, yeah. And if it's society saying, look, this whole celibacy thing is freaking stupid, all right? That'd be fine to yell that at the Catholic Church, I think. You can't put up with this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, that's not the sole cause of all this, but I think it's a, an ingredient in the stew. It's got to play a role. Yeah. It has to. Um. So, were they bombs? We yeah. can start there. Update on that. <laughs> Got uh, several band name suggestions from people. Oh, that's nice. That's too soon. Off of what I said regarding the uh, Catholic Church. Oh, boy. I don't know, but they're, they're not necessarily... Why don't you give me one example of unfortunate attempts at humor by the amateurs in the audience? The Yankin Pontiffs? <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Choked on my coffee there. Not funny. <coughs> Allergies. So, yeah. Not appropriate. So, so were they bombs? This, Let's start this, there, this, he says. This email is from somebody in law enforcement slash security services at the federal level. Okay? Fair enough. I got to keep this vague, but this person knows what the hell they're talking about. A little perspective. Uh, the term suspicious package, which is being thrown around in the media a lot, they use in law enforcement, the people, you know, your Homeland Security type people, uh, they use the term sus- suspicious package exclusively to describe a package they believe to be ex- explosive ordinance, but haven't confirmed it to be so. If a box of women's underwear or baby pacifiers show up addressed to a former president, they wouldn't call that a suspicious package, though it clearly is suspicious and a package. Right, okay. Because there's no reason to believe it's going to harm anybody. The press has conscripted the term with regard for what it really means, so we'll call something a suspicious package that is not by law enforcement terms. So don't get mixed up on the two. If somebody in law enforcement's calling it a suspicious package, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. That means it's... A, could have been a bomb. Well, they are this the, time, right? Right. Okay. But the media saying it because there were other, there were other. I don't know if you were following this during the day, but there were a number of around the country suspicious package sent here. That was right. not a sp- right. suspicious package. Threats, powders, what have you. That was not a suspicious package mm. in in the in the terms of law enforcement. So Got it. keep that straight, I guess. Um, I, I find that interesting, actually, that that a suspicious package means it could blow up, and somebody sending. 500 pounds of women's underwear to Barack Obama with weird handwriting on it wouldn't be seen as a suspicious package. Can you buy it by the pound? (laughs) Why didn't it go off has been answered. That answer is relatively simple, and the fact that they didn't go off shouldn't lead one to believe that the threat wasn't serious or that the devices weren't armed. They likely didn't go off, assuming they were armed, because they weren't triggered by the opening. 
which is usually the way these bombs are triggered. First, the packages are x-rayed. If there's something weird to them, they get additional screening. They aren't opened until deemed clear by explosive experts. Now, so they might have been designed, as they often are, to explode when they're open. The CNN one was opened. That one was open yeah. and didn't go off. Uh, yeah, well, that's certainly possible. Yeah. Everybody seems to feel the need to leap to conclusions these days. I don't know why. First and wrong is still first, Joe. <laughs> Good point. Uh, that, I'm sure, is actually a slogan. I'm sure that is actually a slogan. It's some news organization. They wouldn't say it out loud, but... Yeah. So it could be that they were built to detonate and simply didn't because of incompetence or, or good luck. Um, it's entirely possible they are gag bombs. Right. Sent for God knows what purpose by what God knows what perpetrator. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, SecDef Mattis ordering hundreds of troops now to the southern border. We've got new information about those suspicious packages, and the DA is weighing in on the epic Tom Arnold, Mark Burnett, ferocious confrontation. Coming up. <laughs> Pud pounding Padres. All right, oh, stop God. texting me. Stop texting me. Armstrong and Getty Show. The late night comedians. Went at the lottery winner. Maybe we can do a late night joke off around the lottery winner. That could be good fodder for humor, right? Nothing political that'll make you angry. Oh my God! <laughs> News You're now. You're new to this game, huh? <laughs> <laughs> News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the Associated Press now reporting a U.S. official says Defense Secretary Jim Mattis is expected to sign an order as early as today that'll send 800 or more troops to the southern border to support the border patrol. Wow. Mattis responding to that request from President Trump, who says he's bringing out the military to address what he's calling an emergency, a national emergency at the border. Even though you're, you reported earlier that the caravan is kind of dissipating a little bit. The caravan is dissipating They're still a like a thousand miles away. But there's another one in Guatemala that's just forming, or Honduras, or one of those El Salvador. Countries. So, yeah. I, I don't, you know, <laughs> walking a couple of thousand miles yeah. with your kids is not a minor thing to do. Well, Pretty much nobody ever does it. Right. Because it's practically undoable. Um, So you could give up for that reason. Or we got enough people in their ears saying, look, I know what you heard on the news, but when you get there, you're not getting in. We don't have jobs. Right. We're not letting you in. I know your newscast in Honduras said you're allowed to come in and we've got jobs. None of that is true. And people might have thought, oh, crap. I'm not walking for the next month for that. On that topic, we got an email from a longtime friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, um, whose politics are definitely not liberal, who's commenting on the president saying that the Middle Easterners and MS-13 are in the caravan. He said, I don't think they are, and here's why. They, MS-13 terrorists, have strategy and money. Trust me, they're not going to walk more than 10 to 20 miles. Thus, they're going to join and cut in line just before the border and jump in. You know, Why in hell would they walk 1,500 to 2,000 miles? MS-13 terrorists are smarter than that. You know, that is one yeah. of those obvious points that didn't occur to me, but that is obviously true. Common sense, and you nailed it, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that is obviously true. Well, not to, eight- that is not to say bad people and bad right. stuff do not come over the border because they does. do every ding-dang-dong But day. not this way. They don't walk 2,000 miles. Why would you bother? And those 800 or more uh, troops would be joining about 2,000 National Guard already assisting at the border under a previous Pentagon arrangement. And, you know, we're talking about the effects, perhaps, on people in that caravan. If you start seeing visuals of all these troops lined up right by the border... 
That's also going to say, hey, you're yeah. not welcome. Yeah. This is not going to work. Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh... A scaravan. There you go. Or something. <laughs> I was trying to do a scarecrow <laughs> thing. I'll turn my mic off. If, if, you, if it's required that you try to sneak in, you know, wait for a different spot and a different day because people sneak in all the time. Right. Right. Don't, don't do it when everybody knows you're coming and all the cameras are there and the National Guard. The investigation into that string of suspicious packages is spreading. Authorities in Delaware looking into two packages addressed to former Vice President Biden. That comes as another package addressed to actor and Trump critic Robert De Niro was found today in the Associated Press. Says their sources are saying that package may have been sitting in the building's mailroom for a day or more before it was discovered. Whoever sent that is outside the circle of trust. So, uh, try to think like this crazy person. Who else is he going to send packages to? Lena Dunham or whatever her name is? Denham, whatever. (laughs) So, the sort of person that is another high-profile... Katy Perry. Alex Baldwick. Alex Baldwick. Alex Alex Baldwick. Yeah, that's got to be on the... Got to be on the list. Check your mail, Alec, for God's sake. Meanwhile, Pope Francis is removing the Bishop of Memphis. That announcement made by the Vatican just a little while ago. Bishop Martin Holly was not forced out due to the church's ongoing clergy sex abuse scandal, but Vatican officials say his removal is due to he management. Peed on Elvis's grave. What? Due to management issues. Huh. A lot of people are saying, well, maybe, maybe not. By the way, coming up in the award-winning fourth hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show, they will be talking with the attorney that is suing the Vatican over sexual abuse claims out of the Bay Area. The award-winning fourth hour. What award did we win? It's a variety. Best regional fourth hour? Was was that what it was? Don't you have that over there? I have the trophy right here. Armstrong and Getty, best fourth hour of radio, third place regional. Yeah. (laughs) And Is that a goat? And it's a goat trophy for some reason. I don't know why, but... TMZ, TMZ, Third place regional. <laughs> TMZ is reporting Tom Arnold's battery claim against Survivor and voice creator Mark Burnett has been shut down by the L.A. city attorney. Ah. Now, now you may remember Arnold claimed Burnett attacked him savagely at the Emmy party last month as he was recording the famed producer for his show, The Hunt for the Trump Tapes. Can we all just agree that Tom Arnold is now engaged in a desperate and pathetic quest for attention? Thank you so much to Tom Arnold. Arnold claimed that Burnett grabbed his neck and started choking him, but TMZ's learned multiple witnesses came forward, told the LAPD an entirely different story. Survivor host Jeff Probst told the cops Arnold came charging up the stairs that Burnett was grabbing for him when Burnett made a defensive move by grabbing Arnold's neck. Probst echoed other eyewitnesses who say Arnold was the aggressor grabbing and tearing at Burnett's uh, shirt and chain. All right. That's a non-story, Marshall. Move on. Somebody texted, we should give these caravans names like we do with hurricanes. (laughs) (laughs) Caravan Emilio. Right, exactly. And also, Kathy Griffin, check your mail. That's probably a good one. That is a good one. I can picture this particular crazy person. Angry at Kathy Griffin. Desperate pleas for attention. Somebody sent us a tweet that was hilarious. Um, And I will quote it roughly. Uh, Literally, the first thing I see when I show up to the Trump Texas rally is Alex Jones screaming at a pile of S. And they walk over there with their phone. And he is bent over in the street. Noted uh, attention hog and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Screeching at a pile of what appears to be horse dung. And addressing it as Beto, 
Beto. Oh, I and, got and it. attempting to interview it gotcha. for his wacky, wacky web show. Gotcha. And well, what a time to be alive. <laughs> God, jeez. Yeah, blessing <laughs> curse. Hmm. <laughs> and the Red Sox are halfway to the World Series championship, powered by the bat of J.D. Martinez. Like a looper to right field, sinking fast. It gets down for a base hit. Mookie scores. Here comes Benny. He scores, too. On to third. Pierce, 4-2. Red Sox. Oh. Sox beating the Dodgers, 4-2. Game two at Fenway Park well, last night. Well, when do you bring it out here, Red Sox, huh? Gonna be singing a new tune then. L.A. hosting Game Three on Friday. Your stupid wall that's way too tall yeah. for being in a baseball stadium. Exactly. A little coastal belligerence here. This is shocking. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. If you we win, you have to send us a can of baked beans. We'll send you a two cubic feet of smog or something. <laughs> a couple <laughs> silicone implants for the, the mayor's wife. Awesome. Pocket cod, have a yard. Huh? Uh, you send us a couple of crabs, you win. We win. We send you some Botox. Uh, late night joke off over the lottery. We have a, a, a political ad that we're paid to play that we have to pay. Very controversial. Very controversial. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm Positive Sean, and I approve of this message. Joe Getty wants your vote, but does he deserve it? It's about I'm the rootmist. <laughs> the rootmist. Candidate in Alabama. Just listen to his thoughts on our friendly neighbors to the north. Now, I've called for war over Canadian belligerence. How can a grown man who relaxes like this be trusted? Nothing relaxes me better than a smoke and a breastfeed. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the class? Because I'd rather be a male prostitute. Oh, <laughs> is that all, Joe? Like Poplowski, I'm strapped nasty. I don't even know what that means. Sure, he talks a good game, but how does he act? I don't think my bladder is special <laughs> Would you trust a man who does this with your best interests? Whap! 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 Whoom! Whoom! Vote positive. What is this on my schnitzel? Paid for by the Positive Sean Super Pack. Oh! Oh! I, I wish I remembered a single minute of the show after we do it, because then I'd remember what the hell I was talking about in several of those clips. That is pretty funny. We got this text. Well, whap! Whap! Whoom! Whoom! What, what was that? That ah, doesn't matter. We're going to talk to a lawyer involved in the uh, lawsuit against the Vatican, representing a whole bunch of victims from the Bay Area. We're talking about what causes all of this. That's that's what I want to get down to the root. Celibacy, does that play a role? We got this text. Celibacy has nothing to do with pedophilia. I, uh, I, I'm I sure that that's true. Right. It doesn't I, make you want to have sex with children. Except in the case of folks who are already drawn to pedophilia. But not all of this is pedophilia. It's also, I can't remember what the proper term is, but if you're having a sex with a 16-year-old, that's not pedophilia. No. And if you're having sex with a, another man, a grown man, or a woman outside the bounds of your vows, that's not pedophilia. This is much wider than that. Well, obviously, at some point, the difference between a 17-year-old and 18-year-old, while there's a great deal of difference in the law, there's not... 
Uh, also, just a quick note in terms of correspondence we've received. A hell of a lot of you are saying there's no way a Trump supporter sent all those uh, bombs, fake or not. Uh, it had to be a Democrat trying to fire up their base. Why did the it election. have to be? We don't know that. We don't know that. It, it could have been a deranged moron of whatever political stripe. How would you say there's no way it was a Trump supporter? Well, people really want to rush to under- the conclusion that most comforts them. I can understand why you don't want it to be if you're a Trump supporter. Or your theory is it probably isn't, but... You know, I don't, it's the age of hyperbole and the age of rushing to certainty. Well, as I said yesterday, and I stand by this, and, and, and I'll stand by it after we find out who it is. Let's not paint the other side with whoever this nut job turns out to be. I don't think that makes sense. Um, God, they they may well we'll find out when we find out. I assume we'll find out. Do you think we'll find out? Yes. Yeah, I, I do too. There's just yeah. there's just too many packages. They'll they'll figure it out. Yeah, there are a hell of a lot of avenues for investigation. Yeah, and videotape of dropping off a package here or there. Yeah, well, quite a few of them were dropped off personally to high-value targets, which generally have surveillance. So there's still another big lottery out there, but they gave away a billion-some dollars the other night, and the late-night comedians noticed that and decided to make a joke. We're going to compare and contrast. Yeah, I'll grade them, too, and the bottom grade-getter will be banned from comedy for life. We call this the late-night joke-off. Last night was the big Mega Millions drawing for $1.6 billion. And it turns out the winning ticket was sold in South Carolina. (laughs) So congratulations to the lucky winner for becoming the most hated person in America. The Mega Millions jackpot was $1.5 billion. A single winning ticket was sold to South Carolina, where the winner is planning on buying South Carolina. So that's... Someone finally won the Mega Millions lottery jackpot last night, and all $1.6 billion went to a single ticket. Yeah. Nobody knows who the winner is, but here's what I know. We could definitely be best friends. Call me. (laughs) Well, the grades are in, my friends. (laughs) Fallon, the amiable Jimmy Fallon with a C-. It was kind of an amiable uh, Carson-esque little joke, but not a good one. Kimmel with a B minus got a little chuckle out of me. Corden, solid B plus joke there. I liked it. It was self effacing. Of course, he will be deducted a full grade for oh, being a foreigner. That's right. And taking comedy jobs Americans ought to do, but he still beats that sucky, sucky attempt by Jimmy Fallon. Sorry, Jimmy, I like you, but you're banned for life. So uh, I heard this story yesterday. I'm not sure if it, if I didn't uh, if we didn't report all of the all of it, or I just didn't understand it because I was uh, I was really hungover yesterday. I haven't had a drink in 12 years, but I had a steak hangover. Yes. I had a greasy meal hangover. Yes, which is look good. Which is now a thing for me. Yeah. If I eat too big a greasy meal, it, I get a hangover. Describe the symptoms. <sighs> well, certainly nausea. Oh boy. <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> One guy I went out to eat with, uh, who was a part of the meal also, he said he woke up at 3 in the morning with meat sweats. <laughs> but you don't want to have meat sweats. But God dang it. I just got, I gotta, I've got to recognize that at the time. If you eat all this, you're going to feel awful. And not just like for a half an hour. Right. For the next couple of days. Right. Oh, You know it. Anyway, so maybe we did this full story yesterday and I just didn't catch it. Uh, the headline being that younger Americans are are, are better at ficking, picking out fake news and that sort of sort of stuff. I, I love that from the Pew Research Center. But here's the most important part to me: it's distinguishing between fact and opinion. 
man. Man. So if if we or Sean Hannity or uh, Rachel Maddow or whoever, you know, gives an opinion on something, do you have the ability to, to in your mind, register that that that's your opinion on the on the story of the day, or do you pick up? Or do you think it's all fact? And young people are way better at figuring out which is which. Thank God. That's that's the right direction to go. So they somebody had, pointed out that it was a bit ironic that Marshall brought us that story uh, that old people <laughs> have trouble differentiating. So they had five stories that were factual, and um, and then and then some of them were opinion. And the young people, the youngest group, they got all five. A third of young people got all five correct, as those were factual. Whereas fifty plus, it was down to twenty percent. And then uh, the reverse, also true, even even more starkly different, opinion statements, whether they were opinion or fact, the 50-plus crowd, about a quarter, and then up near a half of the younger crowd recognized that, that that's opinion, that's not a fact. So that's, that's an evolution in taking in information. That sure. Thank God the younger crowd is distinguishing between facts and opinion. Mm-hmm. It seems pretty clear to me. I mean, I do this for a living, so maybe that's unfair. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, true. and and you got to look for the older crowd. Um, you grew up with everything that was in theory, everything that was in the newspaper or on the evening news was was pretty much fact. There Caref- were there, uh, pretty carefully vetted. There, there might be the yeah. taint of opinion in there, but there weren't very many opinion shows, though. Let me put it to you like this: in you know, in years past, it was practically impossible for an idiot to get their opinion or their version of facts in front of you. It was almost impossible you'd even come across it. Now it's impossible to avoid. Oh, yeah, and there weren't cable news channels with opinion shows all day long. There, there just weren't that many opinion shows around. Right. right. You could read op-eds if you were into that. but uh, So, yeah, I, I, I find that to be good news, that the younger crowd distinguishes between opinion and fact. Mm-hmm. And then even the facts, of course, are always in question, but... I don't watch the news. Of course, they're buying a hell of a lot of uh, social justice warrior tripe in their colleges and thinking that's fact. That's a decent point. Hope they grow out of that. Oh, which, oh, oh, the hour is over already? Six pounds a show in a five-pound bag. The award-winning fourth hour. Yeah, if you get it, great. If you don't, complain bitterly and or... Go to armstrongandgetty.com and get the podcast. Holding the trophy in my hand. Best fourth hour of radio. Third place regional. We're very proud of it. Proud moment. Yeah. Obviously, when I say get the podcast, I mean after we do the hour. You can't get it before. What do we charge for the podcast? Nothing, because we're stupid. Nothing, and why? Because we're stupid. (laughs) That's our business model. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.